Welcome to Shelf Life. In this episode, we welcome Mabina to the team and tell you what to expect from season two. Then we ask each other about the books we read in 2020, those we loved, those we didn't love, comfort reads, challenging reads, and the books that helped us get through a difficult year. Also, what we're looking forward to reading this year and any reading resolutions we might have. Bristol libraries are currently closed because of the pandemic, but our online services and content are very much open, including this podcast, and we hope you enjoy listening. Right, welcome everyone to episode 10 of Shelf Life. I am really pleased to be back. It feels like a really long time. I think it has been a really long time since our last episode. So it is great to be back. Uh, I am joined today, as ever, by Paul and Sean. Um, How are you guys both doing? Hi, yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. Um, yeah, it's exciting to be back again. I'm doing good as well, thank you. Um, we're recording, obviously, in our separate places, and I'm really cold today, so I'm wearing my biggest coat. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you look really cosy and wrapped up warm there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm really delighted today, actually, that we are joined by a new colleague. Um, so, Mabina, welcome to the Shelf Life team. Thank you. <laughs> it's really great to have you here. It's lovely to be here. So, Paul, I don't know if you want to say a little bit about what we've got coming up in season two of Shelf Life. Yeah, so this is the proper start of season two. We had a bit of a false start with the um, Bristol Short Story Prize one, uh, which kind of ended up just being a bit of a bonus episode, really, because we've been quite busy. And part of what we've been doing is organising events. We've had loads of online events. Um, when I say we, Catherine has been doing a lot of the work on that. And <laughs> so what we'd really like to do is take the opportunity of having those events to record them and turn them into episodes. So our plan now is to kind of alternate these sort of more chatty episodes with ones that kind of have talks, so from authors. Um, Catherine, do you want to mention some of the authors and speakers that we've yeah. got coming up? We had the director of the Bodleian Library, Richard Ovenden, talking about his book, Burning the Books. Um, we also had the fantastic author broadcaster and classicist Natalie Haynes um, who was just brilliant she was really fascinating to listen to so so yeah so hopefully we'll bring you some of those as episodes for this podcast yeah that's the plan and of course talking about what books we've been reading and so that is the focus of this episode is to have a bit of a review of 2020 and maybe a, a looking forward to 2021 in terms of our reading habits so shall we go for it and start talking about that yeah let's do it So to kick us off, um, I'm wondering, did any of you have any books that helped you through 2020? Been a difficult year. Yeah, for me, there were quite a few. I certainly found myself listening to a lot of audiobooks on BorrowBox. And one of the treasures that I found on there was Simon Amstel book called Help, Comedy, Tragedy, Therapy. So he's a stand-up comedian, so it's really funny. And he alternates... Uh, snippets of his stand-up comedy with kind of filling in the gaps in between and telling more of his life story so it's like a memoir but you've got there's a lot of humor in there but there's also difficult moments in in his life like coming out to his parents or uh, taking psychedelic mushrooms and having his spiritual experiences and all these bits in between so you get all these kind of different takes on on his life and so on so there's a lot of learning as well as a lot of laughter in there so that helped me um Mabina have you got any um I read lots of Georgette Heyer this year um I kind of went for a lot of her Regency books and just kind of put my head down and thought wondered how many of them I could get through um and Robin Stevens um series of books uh, YA books about her um detective 
society um, were really great to read as well. There's something very comforting about both genres, two different, very different types of books that really stuck out for me this year. Nice. I, I know that my reading habits definitely changed throughout 2020. Um, has anybody thought about how theirs has changed? I have found it really, really difficult to read the way I used to. So I was one of those children who was just constantly reading all the time, like reading through dinner or walking down the road or whatever. And I can't do that anymore at all. I found it really, really hard to focus. Yeah, that that's actually really similar for me as well. I'm finding it really difficult to just sit down and read. But mainly mainly through the job, my job working with the libraries, I've learned about Borrow Box, which is um, a digital app used uh, for listening to audiobooks. That's been really, really helpful for me to, you know, carry on reading new content throughout this year. I found I'm really good at using things like BorrowBox and, and Libby and, and going and checking things out and thinking, oh, I like the sound of that, and then not listening to them at all. Um, oh. <laughs> I find it interesting, Mabina, you were saying you're reading detective stories. I guess detective stories are quite sort of page turners and pull you in, and so maybe that's where that worked. And I think the thing with crime fiction, much like reading a romance novel is that there is a kind of balance at the end of it there you know the loose threads are tied up you know Mm. generally this is a huge generalization but you know the good end happily and the bad don't kind of thing and I think that's that in itself is quite comforting knowing that there's Mm. there's a definite end and there's a definite kind of resolution to things I think is is something that has been really helpful to read about this year Kind of taking that in the opposite direction, are there any books that, that really changed or challenged or inspired anybody this year? I wanted to mention actually one book that um, I found really uh, inspirational. Actually, it was it was a challenging read, uh, only in that it was nonfiction. So I find that sometimes with um, quite large nonfiction books, I have to sit myself down and kind of read them in a different way that I would read fiction, for example, which you kind of might escape into, whereas nonfiction maybe takes a little bit more concentration, or at least I find. Um, But yeah, so the book I wanted to mention was uh, Burning the Books, which is all about um, basically libraries and the importance of libraries and the role that they play Um, The author is Richard Ovenden, who is the director of the Bodleian Library um, in Oxford. And so the book mostly deals with sort of libraries throughout history. So it goes right back to sort of the Library of Alexandria and and then looks at just various different points in time, but particularly when libraries have been attacked and when they've come under attack. And so when people have sort of tried to... um, attack knowledge or the preservation of knowledge so it was a really it was a totally fascinating read it was really eye-opening and it was very sort of timely and relevant to today particularly with a lot of the culture in news media of kind of fake news um so it was a really uh yeah it was a really fascinating book but it wasn't the easiest read I would say so I found it challenging in that way Mm. but yeah but I definitely learned a lot and I would really recommend it yeah, and we've got a talk from him coming up a, as a future episode. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that as well. Um, so I read a few anti-racist books and, you know, found those quite, uh, you know, challenging and interesting and 
and so on. And then there was one in particular that was specifically challenging, which was Me and White Supremacy by Leila F. Saad, which is kind of a workbook. So rather than just reading it and being like, oh, yes, that's interesting, it actually like forced me to look at myself and it, you know, I kept a diary as I was doing it is the idea. And we actually did it as a group. Um, so Catherine and Sean were involved in that. And I found it really useful having a group to kind of work it through. And I would really recommend it for, for white people to read because it's really useful book for kind of looking at, at what's going on there for us. Um, and so I've, I found I learned a lot about myself and about kind of white supremacy and racism through reading that book. So uh, that was quite challenging, but I guess also quite, quite energizing and quite active. So I, I enjoyed that as well. That was so challenging, wasn't it? Yeah. For me, um, the book that has changed me the most this year was The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. It's quite popular at the moment. I'm seeing it all over Instagram. It's a multi-generational family saga, which involves um, two light-skinned black girls uh, called Desiree and Stella. And um, they run away from their hometown and end up living separate lives Um, one of the girls lives her life as a black woman and the other lives her life passing as a white woman and it's all about sort of the difficulties that either uh, that both of them face. Um, It's set between the 1940s and the 1990s um, which I found really interesting. Um, I hadn't really read much fiction involving that kind of those time periods before Um, And it focused mainly on um, racism and colorism um, in in America as a whole, but generally um, in American South. Um, I found that, you know, really challenging, but also inspiring this year um, to do better, uh, to tackle white supremacy, um, especially in such turbulent years, 2020. I also read that actually this year, The Vanishing Half, um, and you just sort of get really pulled into that storyline, and um, yeah, it, it just really explores a lot of um, a lot of those kind of issues. Um, I wimped out completely when it came to challenging books this year. It, for me, it was mm. all about comfort reads, mostly things that I had read before. I kind of the certainty that I was going to enjoy this kind of thing. It was enough of a challenge to actually sit down to read properly, you know. Um, mm-hmm escape into a book fair enough definitely no I definitely did a lot of comfort reading as well yeah there was a lot of rereading of Marion Key's novels which is my go-to <laughs> she's my go-to comfort read author so sort of in between the odd new book oh yeah there was quite a lot of Marion Key's being read she's such a fabulous human being I have to say as well as a fabulous writer mm-hmm. she's very good on Twitter as well <laughs> actually Catherine I've read a a comfort reading book that you recommended uh the flat share by beth o'leary did you is, yeah it's it's basically a rom-com it really is yeah i'm so surprised i'm really pleased that you um, that you picked it up did what did you think did you enjoy it yeah i did i mean i had to sort of lean into the fact that it's it's a rom-com just go with it mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it was just like quite light and fun really yeah and really optimistic like mm. all these characters being super nice to each other and I'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's exactly what we need to read about right now yeah. yeah did anybody have any books that they particularly didn't like I had a bit of a love-hate relationship with Robert McFarlane's books I've never quite managed to finish any so he's kind of a nature writer and I guess 
maybe travel and stuff. So he, uh, I've been trying to read his book Underland, which is kind of amazing. It's all about underground things, so caves and tunnels and roots and mycelium of mushrooms and stuff. So it's super fascinating subjects, and there's a lot of really fascinating, beautiful facts and images and things in there. But sometimes there's, I feel like there's kind of this smugness to it. It's like, oh, I had such an amazing time. I was on this mountain and under the stars and I met this wonderful person and then an owl <laughs> flew past me and I'm like, oh, great, good for you. Like, <laughs> Just stuck in the house. Yeah, I'm just stuck in the house. Like, And he's off having these great adventures in this book. I'm, reading. I'm just like, oh. So yeah, I, I ended up putting that one down and I'm like, maybe I need to save that until I get to go out and have adventures as well. Like it'd be a good one to read if I was going camping or something like that. It didn't quite manage to take me with it. To be fair, it's also a really big book. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, I think it's about 400 pages. So I would find that quite daunting anyway. I have to say, I am quite ruthless. That whole idea of, you know, you must struggle through to the end. I do not subscribe to at all. Life is short and there are many, many books. Mm -hmm. Um, I really thought I was going to be more into Midnight Sun by Stephanie Mayer this year. So um, for those of you who don't know, Stephanie Mayer is the author of the Twilight series. Um, And Midnight Sun is the retelling of the first Twilight book from Mm -hmm. Edward's point of view. So um, Bella and Edward are the two main characters and Edward is the vampire. And I still think the first Twilight book is very readable, I think, as as a depiction of that whole kind of first love and how like overwhelmed and consumed you are by it I think it's gonna it will probably take some beating but I don't know what it was about Midnight Sun I just was like yeah mm. um my least favorite book of 2020 was Leah on the Offbeats by Becky Albertalli who writes some generally really good stuff but this book <laughs> was really bad the main character whose name's Leah um she's very very unlikable I found um and it really really took away from what could have been such a brilliant book about bisexuality and being a young person um I think the author gave the impression that the characters like weren't going to be happy unless they were in a relationship um it was just really not great and um Something that was super cringy is Becky Albertalli uh, kept on using the phrase on the offbeat. And I just, oh, it was really horrible. I hate it when the titles of books are used inside the book. Do you find it really off-putting? And she used it at least four times. Because it is quite weird. Like, I don't, I don't, can't think of an example in a book, but it's quite weird in films when the character says a sentence and it is the film title. And yeah. that does a really weird thing to you as a viewer because you think, it sort of jars with you and takes you out of it doesn't it so I yeah I can understand that being the same thing in a book yeah it it was exactly that um so it was such a shame because I you know as as we're going to talk about later I've really really enjoyed this author's work previously so I was really excited for this book but it just didn't do it for me Mm. it's almost doubly disappointing when it's an author you've liked previously because you kind of you go to the new book you're thinking oh well I've loved xyz so this must be equally good as well so you're like you you kind of let your guard down a bit you feel like you're going to be a smooth ride and then it's not so much not (laughs) disappointing um looking back on on 2020 um does anyone have any standout favorite books that you really loved from last year 
so one of mine again was one Catherine and Sean that you recommended to me which was Girl Woman Other by Bernardine Evaristo so we've mentioned it several times on this podcast but I finally got around to reading it and yeah I did love it um not everyone I've spoken to loved it I spoke to one person who just couldn't stand the fact that it was like all these like so many characters and so many stories and not enough connection between them so I think I benefited from knowing that that was the structure of it that it's about the plurality of voices as I think Catherine put it going and knowing that it's kind of like lots of short stories that kind of interlace because the characters overlap one way or another and just give you this amazing overview of of life and I found that really powerful getting all these different angles like it's really good like we talk about the power of empathy for reading and this book really brought that home for me of like seeing life from everybody's different perspectives um, Sean, I think you were saying to me that there's a someone's done a map online of like where how all the characters interlink. So I'd quite like yeah. to look at that. And it's one that I'd be quite tempted to reread in the coming year, actually, because I'd like to kind of because there's so much going on of like remind myself. And maybe when I reread it, I'll look at that map you talked about if I can find it and just like get more of a sense of everybody's uh, relationships. Yeah, that was really helpful for me because I was getting so confused with all there were so many characters in that book. Yeah. Yeah, I I did get a bit lost. I kind of let it wash over me to an extent, which is kind of why I'd quite like to reread it. Mm-hmm. Um, my favourite book was going back to um, Becky Albertalli. She was my favourite book of the year. Um, mm-hmm. That was Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, um, which is a young adult novel. Um, it's since been made into the film called Love Simon. I don't know if any of you have heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's about, so the book is about um, Simon, who's a closeted teenager. um, So he's not uh, announced to the world that he's gay. And he falls in love um, with a pen pal whose identity is just a secret. Um, And he is threatened to be outed as gay uh, by a classmate who finds out. So it's it's like a really um, challenging book because you do feel frightened for Simon. You know, um, people don't always react to um, sexuality the way you want them to or the way you expect them to. But it was just such a romantic book at the end of the day. Um, and it just really kept me guessing about who this secret pen pal was. And when you finally find out, oh, my gosh, those last hundred pages are just a whirlwind. They're so lovely. Can I just say, I think it's really interesting that both your favourite book and your least favourite book are by the same author. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's what surprised me so much. Um, but then may- maybe it's kind of similar to what Mabina was saying in that when it's a sequel or when the author is going back to a world that you already know and that you've already loved, maybe it's really hard to see it from a different perspective or from a different point of view. Um, I wonder if it's that whole difficult second album thing. Mm, so many expectations. Yeah. So I, on the other hand, actually, so I read um, The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, which I completely loved. And because it was one of those books that I read and then decided that I wanted to read everything that the author had written because I had I enjoyed the writing so much. So I don't know if she's written any other books, but I think this one was published before The Vanishing Half and it's called The Mothers. So also by Britt Bennett. And it still explores a lot of the 
same kind of ideas around race but as as you'd expect from the title it's a lot about um motherhood and it kind of follows these two different characters and their decisions to become mothers or not to become mothers and it's not very long but it really packs a punch it's quite an emotional read but I just read it in about two days I just you know sort of raced through it thought it was really gripping um so yeah so that actually I think was one of my favorite books of the year but the other one actually that I wanted to mention because I have recently read it and I loved it and it broke my heart um, was the Shuggy Bane book, which has just won the Man Booker Prize. Yes. And I completely loved it. It's again, it's quite gritty. It's all about this young boy called Shuggy um, and he grows up in a really impoverished area of Glasgow um, with a mother who's struggling with um, addiction and alcoholism. So it is again quite a quite a heavy read. Um, as you can tell, I think my sort of my, my favourite books are the ones that are quite um, yeah quite emotional, quite heavy going. Um, but yeah, I just it broke my heart. It was really just so beautifully written. Uh, yeah, just so much about this young boy's kind of love for his mother and their relationship. I just found it really moving. Mabina, have you got anything you'd like to add? I think if I probably had to pick. Something I go back to a lot is a book by um, Rainbow Roll called Fangirl. Again, it's another YA novel um, about um, a girl and her twin. They are, um, it's about them going to college and, and kind of what happens, but there's almost a story within the story. And uh, Rainbow Roll has created this world um, about a boy wizard called Simon Snow. Um, and Kath writes fan fiction for um Simon Snow and she she it's it's this amazing story of them finding their identities I think and um what it means to be a fan and anxiety and building relationships with people and trusting people and it, it was such a great book that she's she actually started to write the Simon Snow books afterwards as well I genuinely love those characters sounds lovely and interesting as well, having fiction about fan fiction. Yes. Kind of, yeah, interesting layers. And, it's yeah. a really rich theme, I think. There's a couple of authors doing it. What are you looking forward to reading this year? Um, something that I'm looking forward to reading is definitely just more work by Britt Bennett. I mentioned her already and um like Catherine has just said I have the mothers on my to read pile so I'm really excited to uh read that one after you've just said how great it is basically I really loved it I love them both actually the vanishing half and the mothers um they're both really moving brilliant one that I would like to read soon is Children of Blood and Bone by Tommy Adeyemi which I think is a fantasy set in West Africa that I think sounds sounds pretty good. And it's um, being made into a film. So I'd really like to read it before the film comes out. Cool. I'm trying to think what I have on my, um, just sort of looking, trying to find my, my pile of books to read. So I've got actually um, a book called The Girl with the Louding Voice by Abby Dare. And uh, I've just seen a lot of that, a lot about it on social media. So I'm quite excited to read that. And then the next big book that I've kind of been saving and I want to get stuck into is um, Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell. 
So this is the book that won the Women's Prize for Fiction in 2020. And I love Maggie O'Farrell. just think she's a brilliant writer. I think I've read a couple of her other books. Um, so I, I sort of know that I'm really going to enjoy this one. But I also know it's quite sad. So I'm sort of saving it for um, uh, a time when I can kind of give it some space and, and uh, yeah, just get stuck into it. So I am really looking forward to reading that. Mabina, what about you? I have so many things. I'm a complete magpie when it comes to new books coming out. Um, there's loads, but uh, the ones I can remember off the top of my head are um, Stella Duffy, who's one of my favourite authors, has got a new book coming out, I think, which I think is called Lullaby Beach, which I'm quite excited to read. Um, more favourite authors, Phil Rickman, um, Jane Casey and Ellie Griffiths have all got the latest sort of um, book in their respective series coming out next year. So very excited about those as well and I really weirdly love reading cookery books not so much actually using them to cook things with but I like reading them and um, Kate Young has written um, a it's not really a follow-up but she's written another in her little library series and this is the little library Christmas so what Kate does is um, she goes through like classic books classic children's books and whenever they've kind of mentioned food or referenced a meal or everything she recreates it um the pie from Danny the Chairman of the World and the Turkish Delight in The Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe things like that nice that sounds amazing I was gifted last year it sounds a little bit similar it's like a, a literary recipe gift book and it's called it's actually called scone with the wind oh. <laughs> it's like each recipe uh, has some kind of bookish pun in it or it's themed um and i have not actually cooked a single thing from it um but it's a really cute little book and it's just nice to read have you seen there's a cocktail version called tequila mockingbird yes that's i have i don't have that one i think that sounds good too it's one of the greatest puns of all time i think it's worth buying the book just for the title alone to be honest <laughs> do any of you like set challenges for yourself or you've like got a 2021 reading challenge for yourself or anything like that i'm yeah i've i've decided to kind of pull my socks up a bit and i i've kind of been complaining about having lost my reading mojo for a while now and i think it's it's time i did something about it so um this is a firm commitment to you guys and to listeners of this podcast who can hold me accountable. Um, so I am, I'm going to read a minimum of a book a month this year. That sounds like a good good target to start with. Yeah, I think it's it's sort of it's sort of gentle enough to kind of ease me into it, and hopefully I'll be able to build on it. That sounds good. Um, yeah, I I don't actually tend to or at least I never have before set myself like a challenge or a target in particular. Um, I don't really know why not, but I think it's got something to do with as soon as I tell myself that I have to do something, I you immediately push against it and I don't want to do it. So I think it's kind of important that you read what you want to read Absolutely. when you want to read it. Yes. I wholeheartedly endorse that. I think for me, it's just, it's so, I've got to such a desperate stage that I'm hoping that this this will give me some kind of framework or structure mm, yeah I don't know if I'm going to commit myself to a target well um yeah I have to think about it Sean what about you what are you doing um, I use the website called Goodreads which is a sort of a rating and recommending kind of website for books and um every year they have something called the reading challenge and you say how many books you intend on reading um and I 
started the year by saying oh I'm gonna you know I even though we do this podcast truth be told I don't read that much uh, so I said oh you know I'll read 10 books this year um and in the end I, I read 40 books um and you know some of them yeah I was really proud of myself some of them were like graphic novels so some of them were a bit shorter some of them were audiobooks um but it was really really nice at the end of the year to be able to look back and see all of the books that I've read um so I'm going to do that again in 2021 I don't think I'm gonna set myself such a high target I'm probably going to do the low target and keep pushing it out again just so I feel better about myself um but that's what I'm going to do yeah I think similar actually I'm thinking of going for like a book a month and yeah I've actually kept a track for the first time ever in 2020 of all the books I've read and I did enjoy doing that and being able to look back at it so I'm going to try and keep that going just wanted to ask our listeners which books did you enjoy in 2020 and what did you like about them or not what are you looking forward to reading in 2021 and have you set yourself any reading goals please get in touch and we may read out your comments on a future episode feel free to use a pseudonym all right i think that's everything for this episode if you'd like to you can get in touch with us on our usual social media channels and using the hashtag shelf life bristol We'd like to give a shout out to Luke, our volunteer editor, and Will, a library assistant at Avonmouth, for his work helping to polish off all of the episodes. You both make this possible with your amazing work. Also, a huge thank you to Dan Davis for the theme tune, and Ollie, a library assistant in Knoll for the transitional music. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us for this episode of Shelf Life. Please subscribe, rate and review us wherever you listen. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at library.ideas at bristol.gov.uk. Or find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Bristol Libraries. We hope to see you again for the next episode of Shelf Life.